0: Alright, good morning everybody. I'm Doug, one of the pastors here. Really good to be with you. Fun to sing. Christmas carols here and get ready for the season. So, I'm curious. I'm going to compare you guys to the first service. Um, But how many of you, be honest, how many of you have your shopping completely done? Like, it's all all your gift shopping completely nailed, okay? I think we got a higher percentage here than the 9 o'clock guys. So, all right. but a lot of us still have a lot of work to do, it's for sure. Isn't it really cool? Like, I wish it happened to me more... But isn't it really cool when you give a gift and like the people are just blown away by it like whoever you're giving it to big smile or how did you know or this is just what i was looking for like it just makes you feel so good i wish i was a little better at that i know people in my life that are better at that than i am but um what if somebody were to say to you wow thank you for this indescribable gift that would be, <laughs> I, I've ne- I, would ne- I don't expect to ever hear that, to be honest, but, but that's the kind of the clinch verse of these two sermons we've been giving last week and this week. Thank God for his indescribable gift. That's 1 Corinthians 9.15. And so what we're doing for two weeks is we're studying generosity, and the reason we're doing that is Our mission statement as a church is that we um, we we desire to pursue Jesus together in everyday life. And as you look through the scriptures, like what happens to a person that is really following Jesus? And we call those the DNA traits. What are the traits of a follower of Christ? And they are that we will enjoy God's presence. It means we love worship. We love praying to Him. We will live God's story. It means we're people that study this book and then live our lives by what God says. We love God's people. And that's what we saw Jesus do, so we strive to do that as well. We share God's gifts, and we serve God's world. And so periodically in our preaching calendar, we'll pull different ones of those DNA traits and focus on them. So that's what we're doing these two weeks. And we are, we are going in two chapters of the Bible that I think do a great job of teaching generosity. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and Second Corinthians chapter 9. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And what makes this uh, passage so, so powerful is it's written by Paul. He's writing to some Christians who have had some struggles in loving each other and then also in being generous. And what I love about Paul's approach is that he doesn't like power up on them as an apostle or doesn't like shame them or guilt them or get super mad at them. I just love this strategy. And we saw last week in chapter 8 is that he kind of looks at what is the heart of generosity. Where does generosity even come from? And, and it was a verse last week that I, I suggested if your family does like a theme verse for the Christmas season, uh, this is a unique one. It's not in one of the gospels. It's not in the Christmas stories, but Second Corinthians 8, 9 says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. So we talked about that last week, that generosity really makes no sense until you encounter Jesus Christ, until you're in a relationship with Jesus. And I I think I said last week too that um, I was telling a a friend, we were talking about generosity, and he said, well, you're a brave pastor, because only about 15% of pastors are even talking about that today. But again, this is a trait of following Christ. And he also warned me that in a typical church, you've got about a third of the people that love this topic. Because they are generous. They're doing a lot of serving. Uh, They are giving. And so they are the ones that have tasted the joy of this. And so, and I I saw it last week, like, great job, man. We need to hear that more. We need to, so that's probably your third. There's a middle third that are kind of maybe sporadic. And sometimes you'll see them serving. And and, um, if I don't track who gives what, but if you were to, maybe there's some periodic giving there. And then there's in a typical church, uh, even an evangelical church, about twenty five percent to a third that that don't do anything. All right? And so and so and we've said this last week. Like if me even just talking about generosity is starting to put some shields up for you or starting to get a little angry, like please, like my, my biggest concern this morning is for our hearts. So I would just back it up and I would just remind you that generosity really doesn't make any sense until you really encounter the generosity of Jesus Christ. He was rich. Just think about like king of kings, Lord of lords, made all things, all things for him and by him. And yet he became poor. He died on the cross for sinners like us so that we in our poverty before God as broken sinful people could now become rich in Christ. And until you really understand that, this whole generosity thing isn't gonna make sense and it may drive you to guilt or shame or anger. And so my encouragement is like, hey, if that's starting to happen, just back up a little bit and just keep focusing on Christ and what he has done for you. But what what Paul is doing in these two chapters is chapter eight, he's saying, hey, here's the heart of generosity. This is where generosity comes from. It comes from Jesus and what he's done for us. And now in chapter nine, I think what he's gonna show us is like, okay, if you've encountered Jesus, then this is what generosity looks like. This is how it is expressed. And it is expressed in three ways. That kind of generosity is bountiful and it is cheerful and it is beneficial, okay? Bountiful, (laughs) cheerful, beneficial. You can thank me later. I'm not usually a good outliner. Those three fulls on the end, pretty happy about that. So, but this passage, I think, just lays this out beautifully. And again, the tone here isn't like guilt or shame, but it's more of an invitation in. Like this is an incentive to uh, be generous givers. And so let me pray. Or actually, first, we're gonna read the text. So if you could stand up with me, and we're gonna read... 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we read verses 6 to 8, verse 11, verse 15, then I'll pray and we'll let God talk to us uh, about this great topic today. So it starts like this, verse 6, chapter 9, 2 Corinthians. And the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. In verse 11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. And then verse 15, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Let me pray for us. Uh, Father, we'll admit this morning that our hearts do not naturally go uh, to this topic of generosity, but, but uh, this is an amazing passage you have for us today that you first remind us of your generosity through Jesus. And Jesus, you remind us of what you have done for us. And now, Father, you are inviting us into a whole different way to live. And you love us, and you want good for us, and you want joy in our hearts. And so we take this teaching from a good father who loves his kids and wants to teach us about how to grab hold of the life that is truly life. So help us listen and help our focus be on Christ. It's in his great name we pray. Amen. Okay, you guys are great. Grab a seat. Okay, so generosity is expressed, this true like Jesus-empowered generosity is expressed when we sow bountiful. We could break it into three categories. What did he reap personally? What did others reap because of what he sowed? And then Uh, How did God get glory from that? Those are the three levels of reaping that we see. If you look at the life of Jesus, that when he obeyed his father and died on the cross, that the father rose him from the dead and then exalted him to the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Like God honors and God lifts up those who obey him and go humble before him. So personally, Jesus Was rewarded. Again, we'll see how we are rewarded later on. But then you think about how others were blessed by that sewing. Guys, how do we even start to describe how this world was blessed by what Jesus did for us? We could try maybe to talk about the numbers of people who are now following Jesus, who are now going to heaven and this life is over, who are now living in relationship with God because of what Jesus did for them on the cross. Got hundreds and hundreds of millions of people. Or you think about the people who have been blessed by those who have met Jesus, who are now living generous lives, who are caring for the poor, caring for the sick, caring for orphans and widows. And you just look throughout history, what people who know Jesus have done for other people. If you could ask the question, have people been bountifully blessed by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? You say, absolutely. And then finally, at the end of all that, it's God who gets the glory and praise. God the Father gave his son for us. So you talk about a bountiful harvest. Jesus is front and center. Not only the greatest example of generosity, but also the greatest example of reaping a harvest because of what he sowed. He sowed his life, and there was a bountiful harvest. And so the, the, this passage is inviting us into that same concept. You take what Jesus has given you, you sow that bountifully, and then you watch a bountiful reaping take place. Again, for you personally, for the people, uh, that God blesses through that. And ultimately, God gets the praise and he gets the glory, all right? So let's ask the question, like, so what is generous? Like, you heard about the opportunity to serve with deacons or there's many ministries here where you can serve with people. So like, what does generosity look like with my time or, you know, how many people do I meet with and listen to their problems and pray for them and care for them and teach them and point them to Jesus? How much of that do I do? Or, or if we start talking about our income, like how much giving is, is generous? And it's important maybe to talk about this because maybe you know some people, there would be a whole spectrum of what they would call generous. You know and so we probably would grade ourselves <laughs> towards the upper end like i'm i'm really generous right and so it's kind of good what are we talking about when we talk about generous so when you talk about financially if you look in in the bible there were two and then three targets in general that god's people would give to they would give you know their service but also their finances toward the worship of god and the teaching of the word of god And then you would also see giving being targeted towards poor, towards the poor, towards people in need. And then as you see the New Testament and the early church start, there was this whole desire to plant churches and to send others to take the gospel message. And so I guess that's that's still like funding the the worship of God and the, the teaching of God's word. But there was an intentional like, Going aspect of that too—that you see, those are the main targets that that you would see people in the Bible like giving towards. And so you go, okay, well, what percentage would they give toward that? In the Old Testament, there were some more maybe specific target figures, and ten percent is usually one of the um, most common ones you'll hear from the Old Testament that if people would give about ten percent of their income towards. Again, the poor or towards the worship and the teaching of God's word, all right? So but you get, there's a guy in town that comes here occasionally, but I've known him for a long time. And about 10 years ago, it was the first time he did this. We had, he invited me for lunch, and we had lunch and everything. And at the end of the lunch, he slid an envelope across the table to me, and he said, um, God has really blessed me this year, and um, I'd like to make sure that this gets put in places that it's really needed. And I trust you, And I know that you and your team are aware of some needs, and I just, I want you guys to just take this and and bless some people. It's like, wow, cool, thanks. You know, I go to the car, and I open it, you know, don't open it right there in front of them. Opening the car is like, this is super generous. And it's been such a cool deal the last 10 years or so uh, to huddle up with some folks and go, okay, hey, where could we, like, it's just kind of fun. Like, where can we go? And there's been some cool stories. Like, one guy, um, wasn't sure he's a Christian or not yet, but he had a, was running a business in town, I was getting to know him, and one of his workers had saved a bunch of cash, like a single dad, for his kids to have Christmas, and he put it on a park bench, he was playing with his kids, and we went back to it, it was gone. So like this guy went and he told his boss and he was just crushed. And I said, hey, let's. how much did he lose? Like, and we just replenish that. We, like, slipped an envelope to him. He had no idea where it came from. But it was so fun to hear his boss just go, you should have seen his face, man. When it just lit up, and it was the exact amount. And all I said was like, just tell him God loves him and God wants me to meet. Like, it was that, that kind of stuff. That And it's just fun, you know? But what caught me finally, maybe five years into this, is like, why is this so much fun? Because basically our lives are the same thing, aren't they? Like, Like, it's like if we had lunch, it's like God invited every one of us to lunch, right? And we're sitting across the table and at the end of the lunch, he slides his envelope across to us. And guys, this envelope is, the other guy's envelope is pretty good. Like this one is absolutely loaded, right? So he's sliding out. He's offered every one of us the gospel that we were poor, we were... Uh, enemies of God. And Jesus died for us. Now we are sons and daughters of God. We are heirs of Jesus Christ. We are provided with every spiritual blessing that we need. Like, that's in the envelope. And then everything else in our lives, guys, if we have a job and an income, that's ultimately from God. If we have a house and a car, like, all these are gods. Like, that envelope's been slid across the table to all of us. Guys, why, why shouldn't there be the exact same joy? Like, there's something different about giving away this guy's money. But what about, like, just we understand what God has slid across to us, and the opportunity we have to just share from that envelope that God has given us, and just bless the people around us by telling them about Jesus, by by studying the Bible with them, by serving, by volunteering, and helping a movement like a church uh, get the gospel out, and then even to our own just personal resources. Uh, being more and more generous with that because God has, you know, and that envelope that God has given us is never running out. Like it's just, I don't know if we need every year lunch with God. Like he doesn't need that. He just did that one time through Christ. And now we are just abundantly blessed to be givers, to give bountifully, cheerfully, and very beneficially. Uh, So just in case you're wondering, uh, these two chapters worked, okay? So Paul eventually went to Corinth and spent three months with them And while he was there with them, he wrote the book of Romans. In Romans 15, 25 to 27, he mentions that the Corinthians responded generously and they were pleased to do so. That's cool. And so I just pray the same is true for us this morning, that we would be a people that understand in greater, greater ways how we have been so blessed by God. That's chapter eight. And so the chapter nine would be a people who respond by being generous and giving bountifully, cheerfully, for the benefit of others. Let me just pray for us. And Actually, before I close, um, next week, I would highly recommend, there's a teaching hour with a guy named Eric Van Rookle. He has trained people and families on setting budgets, and he has a great testimony of what God taught him about generosity. He and Thomas Hoke are doing an hour training on biblical generosity. That's at nine o'clock next week in the atrium. I would highly recommend that. And then in January, we start a, a Dave Ramsey course, which teaches people the tactics, getting out of debt, setting a budget, being generous givers. So that's another one for you. Um, so yeah, let me close, let me close in prayer. Uh, Jesus, I thank you um, that you went first. This whole topic of generosity, you were the one that laid your life down for us. We were so poor and you have made us rich in you. And so I just pray, Father, when you look at our hearts, you would see hearts that... Um, are, are, are generous in our time and our attention of other people uh, and our focus on other people and then in our resources that we'd be people who give bountifully that there'd be a joy behind that because we understand that you've wired us to do this we understand Jesus what you've done for us and then Lord we just pray that you would use our time our, our gifts what we do as a church to bring more and more honor and glory to you that more and more people would be invited into this life of joyful generosity. So thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.